Hello, and welcome to Three Association, a podcast about compassionate, contemplative, evocative supervision for spiritual directors, created by supervisors trained in the Together in the Mystery model. I'm Tara Owens. And I'm Maria Tattoo Bowen. We're glad you're here. Now let's listen in on today's Three Association conversation. So I just would like to welcome Lil Smith of Dallas, Texas to Free Association. Um, Thank you so much, Lil, for um, coming today to talk about group supervision. Maria, I am grateful. It's always a joy to be with you. And um, let's see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Well, for our listeners, before we start doing our free association, Lil, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Sure. I um, have been a spiritual director for over 10 years now, and I had a call within a call to spiritual direction in a Master of Divinity program at Perkins School of Theology, and I'm a pastor in the Presbyterian Church USA. Um, So this became uh, really my passion in ministry. And uh, then I was able to connect with Maria for supervision training. And uh, somewhat the rest is history from that point. Yes. Well, and you've also taught supervision with me before on several occasions in Dallas. So that was a joy. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, we're going to start with our free association. And since we're talking about group supervision, we're just going to free associate with the word group. So Maria and Lil, when you hear the word group, what happens in you? What do you, what do you associate off of that? A bunch. (laughs) I have such mixed feelings. I have on one hand, group, I better run and hide because I'm an introvert. And then on another hand, group, wow, such a a lovely place to savor and grow and be challenged. How about you, Tara? What's your free association? Uh, Group uh, immediately goes to the word mess for me (laughs) 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 because it is so messy, but also graced um, because not only in group supervision experiences, but but in a variety of groups that I've been part of, there are eyes to see what I couldn't see by myself. Um, and, and I think there's also something lovely about the playfulness of God within groups that I really enjoy, but I'm also an introvert. So groups <laughs> tends to make me want to run and hide. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one thing I'm curious about from both of you is what you notice about sort of the pluses and minuses of group supervision over and against individual supervision. Lil, I'll let you go first. Sure. Um, I just jumped right in there with bunch, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the extrovert of the crowd. Um, (laughs) I I do often introduce myself as an extroverted contemplative, which makes some people laugh. Um, But I I find the group um, creates a different energy than individual supervision that can be very expansive for some people. 
um, as they enter into a space. Um, but for others, it can close in a little bit. So there is really that tending of the safety um, and caring, compassionate nature of what goes on uh, that takes the trust building time uh, for it to happen. And so with a good facilitator, um, I think that that happens. Um, and so I do, I'm an advocate of the facilitated group with someone to, who is creating and holding that space um, for others. But I do think that there are specific topics that um, are more intimate in nature that are difficult to process with a group. Um, and so to, to visit then one-on-one -on -one with a supervisor individually can be much more beneficial and there can be more depth there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love and appreciate, Lil, that you, you make the distinction between facilitated group supervision and peer group supervision. Um, because although my background, I have a peer group who I love and delight in. We've been together for 10 years. Having moved from that model into facilitated um, group supervision, I just see how much more um, comes forth, really, in a facilitated group um, than in a peer group necessarily. And I think there's something to having a supervisor there that is not um, as woven into the process, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I find facilitated group supervision such a rich time for everyone in the room. <laughs> One of the things that I, I feel so profoundly in groups is the community of spiritual direction that is in the room. Even if it's a group, like it's a group of three or four that all of those directees are being impacted by the gift of that group, being together with one another, sharing vulnerably, offering what they bring for supervision as it affects other directors that are there. Their intention is to hold the the director that's the supervisee, but each person is shaped and moved by that process. Um, I do find that um, in my own experience, there's more just left on the table. And if you could see me, I, you could see the air quotes, um, but th there's more left on the table in, in group supervision than in one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I do find um, whether it's a sensitive thing or a, a time, piece because with a group you're not presenting as regularly um, that there's something that for me um, goes just a little bit deeper I get to I get to sample more of the things on the table uh, in one-on-one -on -one. Um, but at the same time I'm sharing it with more people in group supervision yeah I mean I I really feel like Lil, when you talk about um, some subjects lend themselves more to individual supervision, I'm right with you on that. I think there are some very sensitive things or, or even, you know, just we feel particularly vulnerable about something, kind of dragging it out in front of a group. It's not always our, in our best interest. Um, or if our group knows or can guess our directee's identity, even though we're trying to... Um, uh, hide it, uh, sometimes that happens in a small community, um, then it feels to me like individual supervision is a better choice. 
That said, I've seen such beautiful community grow in group supervision context, facilitated group supervision context, where there's not, you know, I, I get wary of unfacilitated groups um, either becoming more like social clubs or or even kind of an opportunity to pile on people, you know? Um, so for me, it's all really, if it's group, it's facilitated group. <laughs> but um, but I love the idea, and I have several people in my supervision practice that are primarily engaging in facilitated group supervision, but see me maybe four times a year when something comes up that they you know need to be with. Because as you say, Tara, you don't get to present that often in a group. You might only get to present a couple times a year, depending on how big the group is. Hmm. I'm really picking up on this word sampling, Tara. I'm glad you threw it out there. Um, hmm. And I've noticed the sampling that I experience even facilitating, I'm wondering what my reaction might be for all of the topics that come up in the group supervision. And I feel there's an expansion there for me of the sampling. Um, so I know, I have an, a good idea how I'm going to, um, I hope respond, but sometimes really react to viscerally mm -hmm. sometimes to, mm -hmm. to what might come up yep. to me. And I'm like, oh, taking that to spiritual direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, they, you know, when they talk about emergency preparedness, even, you know, the idea is to kind of imagine the, what it's like and to prepare in that way. And, and hearing other spiritual directors talk about uh, challenges really helps us do that. Yeah. yeah. And I mm. love that, um, that emergency preparedness, perhaps, but also the, you know, the respond versus react that you were saying, well, like there's a sense in which in a facilitated group, um, we're getting to practice a little bit. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, getting, we're getting to um, encounter things that maybe because of our um, location, um, because facilitated groups can be virtual as well, maybe because of our denomination or our um, spiritual tradition, things that just are not common. Um, we would then encounter uh, in a group in a way that you wouldn't in supervision necessarily. And it gives you this um, sense of pre really preparedness. Should a similar circumstance happen, there's this ability to be hospitable to it in a different way. Yeah. I also love, I, I've certainly seen in groups I've facilitated um, that some amazing collegiality grows and community grows so that we are often such individual workers and ministers um, in this kind of work and it, it can be isolating. And so to, to have people, and, and also what we do is kind of liminal, you know, not that many people on the street, if you were explaining what you're doing would get you or even want to hear more <laughs> necessarily <laughs> right. but to be in this group of people who really know what it is you're doing can understand it um from the inside out kind of it, it builds just a glorious kind of community that that then you know people can call on each other if there's something comes up in their ministry that they need to 
consult on. That's really resonating with me, Maria, um, with this collegiality and having a place to go to be understood and how significant that is in group supervision. Um, when you have people from a variety of backgrounds coming and encouraging and holding space to help you through particularly difficult times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like COVID. Like COVID. Right? Yes. Like a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that, um, that I also sort of resonate and find so valuable about group supervision, facilitated group supervision is, um, this ability to be vulnerable where there's an authority in the supervisor that is holding the space in a safe way. Um, and that there's this sense that everyone gets to flourish then um, in that space because there's this opportunity um, that each person's coming with their vulnerability, their presence. And the supervisor is there really quite um, intentionally holding that space and being the one to draw that, that vulnerability and the work of the spirit out of as it's moving in the group. Sometimes I've been in, in facilitated group supervision where like, the group is so moving in the spirit, but they don't know that they're doing that and and there's just a moment to say oh do you see what's happening can we savor what's happening right now um and that's such a gift to have someone reflect that yeah. mm -hmm. lil i know you do a lot of cross-cultural ministry at retreat house and yeah. i wonder do you have much experience doing group supervision across faith traditions Right, just a little. Um, we have one group um, that it's that it has touched, um, and I I don't see really many differences because um, there is the invitation of knowing um, that um, we have this group covenant that we're supporting one another in this space, and so that difference dissolves and then our call that common bond of our ministry just begins to emerge and hold space for for the sacred space that is emerging mm. um, and yeah it's i mean because i one thing i've certainly <clears throat> noticed in my own i don't I practice when i'm working um kind of in an interfaith way and this is not group supervision now it's individual but I notice how refreshing it is to talk with somebody from a different faith tradition about how they might approach something because they're just they they just you know even though we we have this beautiful common humanity they have a very different point of view uh, religiously that that often sheds just such beautiful light on whatever dilemma I'm currently sitting with <laughs> in my own life. So I really appreciate that about groups too, when we can work um, across uh, races or traditions, cultures, whatever. It's, um, 
really lovely. Yeah, and I would just say as well, I've had very limited experience with this, but it is so lovely when it happens is cross-ministerial um, group supervision. Um, I know there's a lot of spiritual directors who are listening to the podcast right now, but there is something really refreshing about the ability of, of different sort of helping modalities to come together um, and to experience the distinctiveness. But also, again, Lil, as you said, like the, the, the shift, the differences sort of melt away as this covenant holds everyone's attention to the holy in each of the ministerial contexts. And that too has been for me, both refreshing in that there's different angles, but also clarifying in that I'm holding, I'm become even more clear about why I'm a spiritual director and not a coach or not a pastor or not, you know, one of the other modalities that is in the room. And it sort of makes me sort of sit up in myself a little bit. There's a, uh, one of our core values at Retreat House is cross-pollination. Um, and it's taking the metaphorical strand of one DNA and intentionally cross-pollinating with a DNA, DNA strand of, of another and um, experimenting and seeing what happens. Um, even if there's a spectacular mistake using some of Maria's language that it's okay, what we learn from that and how we grow from that is helping us move together into new territory and that that is it's so refreshing and there is there's fruit and there's harvest there um, to come together and to really enjoy and to savor and that that is much more important through the process um, than making it right mm. yeah mm. I love that idea of cross-pollination, Lil. And I, you know, it's funny because I I found myself with this, the cross-ministerial kinds of supervision that you were talking about, Tara. It's so interesting because I really value it on one level, but I also know that I'm so grateful that my own supervisor is a spiritual director because she has this huge depth of knowledge mm -hmm. about my particular ministry. And I think what I'm coming to, I, I, I recently taught, um, a super little supervision course at CenterQuest School of Spiritual Direction. And there were many pastors there who were all saying things like, oh my gosh, I've been a pastor for, you know, 30 years and I've never had supervision. And I'm so sad about that when I see what supervision is and how supportive it can be to listeners. Um, so I realized like I, my, I have such a heart about pastors and wanting to kind of supervise pastors, but I think they would be better supervised by a pastor who is a spiritual director, perhaps, you know, who can mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. offer both that contemplative um, strand, but also really know what it's like to be a pastor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's something to, um, for me to groups that that last for a period of time that are um, when it's a cross ministerial group like that, that it's not, this isn't my home base of supervision. Um, but it is a place where um, that cross pollination can happen, but also sort of that waking up, I think, um, to sure. what a gift 
the ministry of spiritual direction truly is. And um, I love like the, the, the spectacular mistakes, uh, the permission to make spectacular mistakes. And I think that that's just one element that we've mentioned it as we've been talking, but I think it's important to pull forward um, that a good supervisor that's facilitating a group will also bring into the mix, but that uh, an agreed upon covenant is a really important thing for a group um, that you've articulated together and, and that a supervisor is going to bring a sort of a template or a, or a, a place to start the conversation. But um, if one is forming a group, um, that there's this space of saying yes to one another and to the holy that then makes the process even more rich, I find. Yeah, so Lil, when you're meeting with groups, how often do you meet? How big are your groups? How many times a year do people get to present a case? Tell us a little about the nuts and bolts. So um, we start groups twice a year. And so I have five or six people in each group that I facilitate. So people are presenting twice a year and active observers the rest of the time. Um, and I don't know. I find that's enough. Um, but some of them are also doing individual supervision with that. And we have, we have a check-in time. Um, the meetings are an hour and a half. And so we have about 40 minutes for the supervision time, including debrief. And then we save 20, 25 minutes for um, our um, not cultivation. We have 20 or 25 minutes um, Consultation. Oh, we save 20 or 25 minutes for consultation. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, and then have a closing time together. So it's a, a bookend opening closing. Um, we keep the same poem or reading for six months. So we notice that how we come um, and, and differently in each time that we gather together. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting, keeping the same one. That makes sense. I mean, that Ignatian repetition kind of yeah, way. Yeah, right, exactly. lovely. Hmm. Tara, do you have any, is that about how you work your groups or do you have any um, differences in what you do? Yeah, um, I tend to have a longer time um, for the group. Um, often we'll present two cases um, in a time so it, uh, that we go through um, more cases in a year, um, but we've got a longer, usually about three hours, um, but I do have groups that do an hour and a half as well. Um, and in that three hour space, um, we have some kind of centering um, and check-in um, and then the presentation of uh, a case. And then we usually have like a break where we um, wiggle and get grounded again and come back together. Um, and what's lovely for me about those times where we're doing two cases at once is the synchronicities are just so beautiful. Um, and there's nothing that we could have planned about any of them. Um, but there's the way that this, again, that cross-pollination uh, image, Lil, that you brought, um, the, of these these cases speaking to one another and the, the simultaneous graces even within the, the group supervision process that happen. Um, and that's 
part of why I love the longer period of time. Now, not everyone can do um, that much time at once, um, but it, it, that I have found to be very fruitful as mm. well. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I usually meet, I usually limit my groups to about four so that people can present three times in a year kind of do it that way and because I kind of like working with small groups (laughs) Um, but and we meet for an hour and a half as as well I just wanted to say something about um, group you know group supervision with regard to new directors because I have a personal feeling that I'm fine with new directors being in group supervision as long as they're also in individual supervision, I really kind of believe that new directors post-graduation would really benefit from at least another year of individual supervision, Um, just to, you know, with verbatims, all that stuff, or dialogues as we call them, but just to kind of um, solidify their skills. um, it's just pretty easy to get lost in a group sometimes for a, a newer director. Um, but I don't know if you, you may have other ideas about that. What's your sense? I do think Maria solidifies what is going on with the director. I think in the, the program at Perkins um, where I teach the practicum mirror, um, we have about a third of the people who are just doing this for their own professional, their own spiritual development. A third yeah. of the people are, are integrating it into an existing ministry. And then those, then there are those who are hanging out their shingle um, as, as spiritual directors. And I think that that particular group um, to capture um, as much learning as possible, because there are so many things that, that come up. Um, and you just don't realize, um, I had something earlier that, that said, this didn't come up in my class. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you, you can't right. cover everything. No. And so to have that individual time with a supervisor that's focused, um, that you can be extremely vulnerable and open and just have not experienced this before and I really don't know what it's doing internally that you can spend the time understanding the interior movement going on within that doesn't always happen in the group setting yeah yeah I think so too and also if you can have a group in addition then you get that cross-pollination or the sampling that we talked about or that that I think can be super valuable for new directors so yeah it's interesting so anything else that we need to cover about group supervision well I think we're gonna ask Lil um, (laughs) for her one of her experiences where group supervision was really transformative for her yeah um a very special group um, of people coming together um, supporting and they were mostly new directors um, and so it's a very um, very fond of, of this game of all my groups but there was something about the way that there was encouragement of of the group supporting one another um, and there was a time that um, one of of the supervisees had been praying for a particular group to come together and to have this opportunity 
Um, and we were all supportive of her and encouraging her to move forward with all of this. And oh, as God would have it, all of it was then going to happen on the night of our supervision group. And so we were going to have to send forth someone from our group into this new ministry space. Um, and it was consolation and desolation, right? It was that bittersweet time of, oh, this is what we've been praying for. And this is how we've been holding space for um, our colleague. But, oh, now there's going to be a hole in our group. Oh, and, yeah, it was. Um, and so um, for me, um, I was so touched by um, the real depth of sacredness that happened within this group, um, that it was more important to send them on <laughs> and know that we would still be holding space for, for her and for the group then that she was going to tend. Um, and that that became part of our covenant, right? That covenant just began to extend. And now we have this connection with a group. They don't know who we are. We don't know who they are. Um, but we see how the Holy Spirit is moving and guiding and expanding um, from group to group. And I never, well, I'm always surprised, but never underestimate the transformative power of the Holy Spirit in these spaces. Um, just sit back and, and watch and wonder. Mm. Yeah. Lovely. Such a generous group. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. So that's lovely. the gift of spiritual directors, right? This generosity that just keeps keeps giving. And yeah. Yeah, mm. beautiful. Thank mm. you for letting me share that. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming and talking about group supervision. And just we wish you every blessing in your continued ministry, Lil, and, and oh. on Retreat House Dallas too. And yeah, so yeah. exciting what you're doing in the world. Thank you. It's always a joy to connect with um, fellow spiritual directors and supervisors. Um, may there continue to be more called and drawn to this ministry of creating these amazing life-giving spaces for people to experience life with the holy. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Lil. And for our listeners, information about Lil and Retreat House Dallas will be in our show notes uh, so you can connect uh, to what Lil and her community are doing if you're interested in that. So thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Blessings to everyone. Bye-bye, friends. See you again soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Three Association conversation. This and every Three Association episode can be found at threeassociation.com, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast feed. We appreciate you being with us. Please feel free to forward this or any Three Association conversation to those who might benefit. Blessings on your life and ministry.